This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, it's David Aver with the Customer Experience Advantage podcast. So is there a point where nature can meet technology in a beneficial way? How does sharing tranquility create community without disturbing the nature that actually nurtures it. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about the business of adventure and the entrepreneurs that, that are sharing it and monetizing it. We're talking to Christopher Gerard, founder and CEO of Rome, where adventure plus purpose equals a very cool business concept and a very engaging and engaged community. It's David Avern on the Customer Experience Advantage podcast, back in 20 seconds. You're listening to the Customer Experience Advantage podcast with David Averin, featuring candid conversations with some of the most influential leaders in business today. Sit back and listen in, or feel free to watch the video version online. This is the Customer Experience Advantage podcast, and here's David Averin. Hi, thanks, and welcome to the Customer Experience Advantage podcast. I'm David Averin. Once again, you can watch the video version of this, if you'd like, on my website at davidaveron.com. You can look on YouTube. And of course, we're on all the audio platforms. Today's actually very cool because, you know, we talk, we've talked recently about membership models. We've talked about, uh, about business and how do we create uh, community and reduce churn. Well, community also requires a commonality a commonality of purpose, maybe a commonality of industry. How do we keep people engaged? As I've said before, it's not that customer loyalty is dead. It's just harder to earn, much harder to keep today because there are so many choices and because it's increasingly easy to leave you, which of course led to my book, Why Customers Leave. Um, today, we're talking to Christopher Gerard. We call, he calls himself CJ. Everybody calls him CJ. CJ, CJ thinks, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, David. Yeah, absolutely. So CJ has a very cool company called Rome, and I'm going to let him sort of describe it. But I kind of looked at it. And, and when you look at all sort of the big names within the adventure industry, whether it's it's um, adventure adventurers themselves, those who chronicle it through video, through photography, um, it brought this really unique group of people together to create something really unique. It kind of reminded me back in the days, not that I remember the days back in 1919, when um, when a group of, of Hollywood uh, superstars got together and they were going to fight against sort of the studio system. If you remember, the studio system was somebody would be under contract. Judy Garland was under contract with MGM, and she had to do a number of of films and they really put them through the through the grinder um and a group of them got together and they said we're going to do it our way we're going to do it in a, in a way that that is beneficial to us as artists and they created the company united artists and so united artists studios of course was created by douglas fairbanks jr and mary pickford and charlie chaplin and others as well and this seems kind of reminiscent of that so so cj tell me about rome Tell me about how it came about. And then, we're, and then later on, I want to get into um, the business aspect. How do, we, how do we engage with these people? Uh, what's the benefit on the artist side? What's the benefit on the member side and those uh, in this very, really unique and, and attractive niche? Tell me about Rome. 
Well, thanks, David. That's a really, I did not know that about United Artists. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, that is interesting how history tends to repeat itself and we don't even sometimes know that uh, something like that tectonic had happened in the past. It is similar in terms of how I came to, to Rome in terms of speaking with some of my friends who are icons in the adventure world and looking at an opportunity, what we felt was a problem, what we felt was a, a, a space to uh, create a new voice for adventure. Uh, a new voice that uh, came directly from those folks, the stars, if you will, of adventure and outdoor sport. And this idea of creating a new voice that really was adventure with purpose. It had some DNA underneath it that wasn't just about these stories that, you know, the sort of because it's their story, you know, uh, man versus nature, if you will. Right. Um, more, what is the texture of purpose underneath it, whether that's climate change or diversity or something else that just, uh, you know, is a little bit deeper. And we felt that there was a, an opportunity for that. Um, and the conversation that actually birthed Rome was out on a, on a job I was on with, with a friend of mine who's really well known um, in, the, in the space. So tell me what that job was. I mean, tell me what you do. So when you're saying on a job, what does that mean? Sure, sure. We were out capturing story, right? We were out with cameras, film cameras, you know, photography, shooting for, in this case, it was, a, I think we were working for uh, Travel Alberta, right? So we were doing a, a social media driven content piece that, uh, you know, inspires people to, to travel, right? Um, and, and that has been much of my career, um, working in the outdoor space and the action sports, active lifestyle space, uh, is really been in the media part of, you know, telling stories that get people excited about participating and going outdoors and being in nature in one way or another. Um, and so that, that's, we were there uh, doing that thing as, as we do. And we just were having a trail conversation. If you've ever backpacked or had to hike into a place, um, you know, some great, great conversations come out of that sort of active, those active moments. And um, we were just talking about sort of the legacy media space and the fact that we felt that there was something missing in terms of how, how the legacy media was engaging with the end audience. And, you know, we would say on this podcast, the customer, right? Uh, the, the member, if you will. Um, oh, sorry, that's going to be the challenge. We'll have to edit that. No worries. We don't edit anything. This is, yeah. this is good life stuff. So yeah. when you were talking really quickly about, about the legacy, the, the traditional, so tell me about where we were. Tell me about how you all made a living doing what you do and how we, as those who were vicariously experiencing it, um, how, tell me about traditional and tell me about mm -hmm. the epiphany and the transition and where we are today. Sure, I'd love. I, I don't want to take eat up too much time, but maybe a little bit of my personal history would be helpful to create some context. Please. Um, so, as a as a uh, sort of born, I guess, entrepreneur. That sounds a little hokey, but you know, I was definitely the kid that was stuffing flyers in mailboxes and always looking for a, a way to um, create small business uh, that could create income in one way or another having a customer relationship with, 
you know, the uh, elderly woman that lived down the street needed her garden weeded. Um, and that took me all the way through really college where, you know, I had painting businesses and um, got very familiar and comfortable being in someone's living room, uh, you know, pitching a service uh, and having a relationship with the customer in that way. My passion uh, was not painting houses. My passion was writing and in particular skiing um, growing up in New England. And I had moved to Colorado to pursue that really uh, also, you know, secondarily um, college, but really came out to ski. And, and you can't even recognize me... at that time that New Hampshire wasn't really skiing, was it? Well, I'm being snobby. Yes, I am being. I'm being snobby. It's all I'm saying. We're Col <laughs> we're Colorado we, guys. You, we now, did so. not know uh, what powder was. That's true. But we definitely, if you grew up on the East Coast, you definitely know how to carve a turn because you know it's the blue ice thing and all that. So I'm just saying, sorry, I interrupted. So you got yeah. you, it brought you out to to Boulder, Colorado. That's right. It brought me out to Colorado and. That led me, you know, through through my my schooling and everything else, led me to launch a magazine with a group of others uh, called Free Skier Magazine in the late '90s. And that idea was purely following our passion. Again, we saw a, a, a youth movement within skiing that wasn't being serviced, and uh, created a magazine that really spoke to a younger generation of skiers. Free skiing, um, and and you know, back in those days. Um, Free skiing, which is now sort of a pretty well-known term within that sport, was not a thing, right? So we created a magazine and built a community around this new idea within this one niche and, you know, became the largest independent magazine, uh, ski magazine, I should say, um, in the world over the course of a decade. And I did that for, for a decade. And that taught me, uh, I went in as a writer and a photographer and I came out as someone who knew a thing or two about media and how to build content that engages an audience um, and hopefully gets them to subscribe and services a client base in that case of, of advertisers. So that, that, that's my first part of my career. And in about 2009, uh, some of the athletes and the photographers and the writers that I was working with uh, were really doing a lot on this newfangled thing, Facebook and Twitter and social media. And they were building audiences and, and it's, there was this light bulb moment where everything shifted for me, where I realized that the gatekeepers of media, myself being one of them, um, were, you know, getting their doors kicked in, in a good way, in that the individual creator, the photographer, athlete, artist, uh, now had a, a democratized platform to share their content. And one of my good friends I'd worked with for years. His name is Chase Jarvis. Uh, he showed me his social media following at that point, and it was nascent, but bigger than the two national uh, titles that I was running, Snowboard Magazine and, and Free Skier, in terms of the total number of eyeballs. And that was just this total shift in my mentality of what was going on with media and how to reach a customer and how and this all sounds very obvious now, but in 2009, no, but, but this is important not, because because yeah. because everybody has gone through some sort of whether it was the epiphany of of watching somebody else's transformation or utilization or their epiphany um, with our listeners as well. A lot of entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurs 
And um, those shifts that we saw back then are happening today. 10 years from now, we'll be having those same conversations. So in 2021, this happened, and whether it was COVID or something else. So this kind of a mindset um, of recognizing opportunity is important. So continue. Yeah, the, the, I would say that, you know, historically, it was like moving into media as a, as a, you know, aspiring journalist to a certain degree and understanding media. And then the advent of social media sort of changed media for me uh, dramatically. And I started to work individually with these athletes and artists to help them build their social following, taking all of the, the decade of experience I had at that point building audiences, audience personas, and how to reach, you know, how to reach and engage a customer base in an authentic way. Uh, taking all of that and then overlaying that into an individual's approach to their, their audience and taking sort of professional, longstanding media approaches and putting that onto a micro media company uh, around an individual like, say, uh, Jimmy Chin, right, who is a, a well-known climber filmmaker and when I started working with Jimmy, he was just starting his sort of social media journey. And now, you know, he's got close to 4 million followers and is an Academy Award winner. And in uh, being there early in all of that really contributed to where we are today with Rome. And that idea of the individual, the individual talent, if you will, really being a media entity unto itself and how to network that together into being a large distribution platform and how to network that together into being an authentic way to create content and reach an audience. Um, and in today's world, it, it still feels like to me that we as individuals, as the end sort of consumer of media, often engage more deeply with a human being than we do a brand, be that a media sure. brand or a consumer-based brand. Uh, the, the individual um, somehow feels, you know, there's a, there's, actually literally a face to to the to the media and also we feel like we're speaking directly to another human being and that so, is very let me powerful. ask you a question where did where did you come up with the, the concept of sort of aggregating these individual entrepreneurs and inter, individual brands and sort of media entities of themselves into into a central clearinghouse for that because we see that across industries right we see it with with the fiverr we see it with elance which became upwork as well is sort of a, a network of freelancers that you've created a community around but this is sort of on a different level i mean it doesn't look like your goal is to is to bring together a hundred thousand freelancers around the world it's creating a platform for, for those who are really engaged and active within, within the industry. And real quickly for our listeners, if you want to go to Rome Media, R-O-A-M Media, two M's, romemedia.com. So as we're having the conversation, you can scroll through the site and see what they've done because it's gorgeous and there's some bigger names. But it really is a media company, isn't it? When I first looked at this, I thought it was sort of a clearinghouse for people who do adventure work, but some of the films are gorgeous and and some of the talent is it the idea of giving them a platform to sell what they have for people to engage what was the vision and and is it the same today as when you envisioned it well it's, it certainly all evolves right and and we're in a in a time that you know forces evolution whether you want, want to or, or not so i wouldn't say it's exactly as it was when we concepted it and that was only, you know, four, four years ago. So, but much has happened in four years in media and in the world. 
it the concept really was initially based in this this sort of trifecta of of uh, values, which was to inspire, educate, and activate adventure with purpose. And so the mission being adventure with purpose, going deeper and more intimately into story with these individuals and allowing them to tell their own story from the field and bringing that to you know a larger audience. The larger audience aspect was the concept that I brought to the individuals was, hey, look, it's sort of the sum of the parts. Like all of you have really big audiences if we all get together and build a centralized place, then that is something that can live on um, beyond your sort of personal brand. Um, and all of those that original, those founding members of Rome all participated on, on different levels, but in the actual ownership of the company from the start. So that was part of the, 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 the initial conversation was, what if we built something that at the beginning was the sum of the parts of all of us. You reach all your audiences. We build this audience that is a centralized place for that content. And then we go into this direction of adventure with purpose where we go deeper in terms of the storytelling beyond just sort of, you know, man conquers mountain. And if we can then create more value for the audience beyond just simple inspiration, because what we want to do is get, you know, just as you were saying, David, you look at the site and you say, wow, there's some really beautiful stuff here. Right. And it engages you. But how do we bring you deeper into the experience, right? How do we actually help you get out there? And that was always the idea was to create a membership platform that educated masterclass of the outdoors, if you will, and also gave, enabled you in one way or another to get out there yourself, right? To activate you through community by meeting other people and give you discounts on brands, on travel and, and all of those things that actually, you know, as an adventure sure. company, we don't want people to just be simply glued to their screens. We want them to get out there and do it. Yeah, that's a little bit of the dichotomy, isn't it? That you, it's a really a technology platform for the, uh, the, the sharing of this content, but the content really is its nature and its adventure and all those as well. But you talk about, and certainly I, I have great appreciation for purpose-driven organizations who have clear visions. Um, as you talk about adventure and purpose and, acti and activization, or, um, but at the end of the day, we also have to monetize it. I mean, this isn't an industry that outside of potential sponsorships, um, not a lot of wealthy people are out working by themselves. We think about the traditional, you know, National Geographic photographer in the 1960s or 1970s. These are people who aren't necessarily doing it um, for great uh, wealth or fame, but they still have to feed their families. So tell me a little bit about the promise, because you, you brought together the founders who have built in audiences, so you get additional reach, you get additional visibility across the platform as you sort of cross-pollinate between the, the different founders who are well-known names within their industries. Um, ultimately, what's the promise and what's the growth opportunity um, from a monetization perspective? I'm, I'm an unapologetic, unapologetic capitalist. As long as we do good work um, with the, uh, the, the revenue that we have, but um, tell me the opportunity to help help people make a good living and support their families doing good work. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. And, you know, to, to the pillars of our business in terms of a, of a revenue model, it really it does line up exactly with those values that I, that I described, which is inspire, educate, and activate. 
And we have those three silos as revenue streams within the company. So Inspire is more traditional media, as I talked about in my background. We do branded content work for brands, right? We do studio production work for, for customers. And that is a, you know, an old model. It's a model that, you know, a customer comes in at a, a North Face or a Yeti or a Honda, and they want a piece of content and they want the distribution. That's like an advertising model. And we do monetize. That's, that's partially how we keep the lights on. And it's a good model from the standpoint of that it's, it's the transaction happens quickly in that the money from a, uh, a, an ad deal comes in and you can cash flow. Right. So you're able to sort of self fund very, very actively with that, that revenue stream, the revenue stream that is most important to the Rome model. And the one that I, I think is most relevant to your listeners is the recurring revenue model around membership. And that has always been the idea coming from, from an advertising model uh, in the magazines I worked for previously, that you're always sort of uh, on this hamster wheel of the next job, right? And you're also right. serving, um, ultimately, from a revenue perspective, you're serving the advertiser. As much as you want to serve the audience, and you do, the separation of church and state and media, it's well known, uh, not always uh, well kept, but well known. Right. Um, the idea of having it was very attractive to me of being able to speak directly to the people, directly to the audience and say, I have something of value that will enhance your life. It is a product that I made for myself and for the staff really believes in it in that way. It's something that we care about first and foremost. And that product is this membership, right? right. So we bring you in with the inspiration. You find us on Instagram. We have almost a million followers on Instagram. You might discover us there and then we pull you deeper down into, hey, can we provide more value for you? Do you want to learn to climb from one of the greatest climbers of all time, Conrad Anker? Because he teaches essentials of climbing. Do you want to learn how to take photos on a, on a rock wall like Jimmy Chin, an Academy Award winner for free solo? Because he teaches climbing photography on our platform. So that's the doorbuster for us is education. We will help you if you're a climber, or a surfer, a backpacker, a band lifer. We will help you gain the knowledge to get outside and participate in these activities in one way or another, in a very relevant way, from the best in the world. So beyond what you can find on YouTube, right? You're gonna, we're gonna have the absolute best instructors in the world, the most well-known teaching these, these, uh, these classes. And that, that is the initial thing that brings in our membership. Then the membership opens up beyond that into further benefits, uh, we do an event called the Rome Awards, which helps bring aspiring creators, just as you're saying, how do you monetize this? How do you become a creator who can make a living out on the road, you know, in your van or at the crag or at the beach? And the Rome Awards gives aspiring creators the opportunity to showcase their work and be judged by the ones that are the greatest in the world. And then they get showcased on the, on the, uh, on the account. So that's the activation part. So right. really the membership is all about creating a product that, you know, is indisputable value for someone who wants to live this type of life. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about the trend towards creating these micro communities from both the creator perspective and also the consumer perspective, because I, I went to with, with my son, we went to, uh, one of the big comic con kind of things as well. And there were all of these artists who create comics, you know, really amazing artists and everything else. 
And they were sort of mini celebrities. You could get them to sign their original work or their cells or things like that as well. And, you know, traditional, because you and I both grew up in traditional media, is that that I, I spent my I spent 10 years in public relations trying to get my clients on Good Morning America, on the Today Show, in Sports Illustrated, uh, in, in Parent Magazine, that we were trying to convince somebody else to feature our creator, our athlete, or whatever in their media. And of course, now we have opportunities to create our own channels. But there's, but there's a new evolution. And the new evolution is the aggregation of some of those channels, bring those, those creators together into Rome, for example. So tell me about the benefit in terms of both visibility, uh, brand creation, pseudo celebrity status, um, and then monetizing that following. Um, do they have an advantage going through a resource like Rome Media, which is aggregating all of those? And what's the benefit over those who are doing it on their own, doing it through TikTok, doing it through through Instagram and others as well? Or, or, or are they existing side by side? Yeah, I, it's a great question, David. And it's so individually based. I think it's really the, it's the latter, right? It, it does exist side by side. I think what what we offer to an aspiring up and coming creator is incredibly valuable. We, we offer the ability for those, those folks to have a platform to share their content, become known and perhaps become an instructor for us. And then if you're an instructor on their own platform, you have an ongoing revenue uh, share in terms of the watch, you know, the, the, the revenue that we bring in. Um, and, and that is, you know, that's, that's recurring revenue for the individual creator. Sure. As these creators become media entities in their own right, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, they have the opportunity to monetize that in, in pretty significant ways. You know, now the influencer uh, marketing world is, you know, pretty massive. It's a, it's a, it's a big part of advertising. The creator economy is something that, you know, there are entire newsletters that are just dedicated to that now. And they're monetizing that in the same way that old world media did, which is eyeballs and influence and effect, right? Um, but you have to get to a certain level for that to be really, really profitable. And to get there is in only increasingly competitive. It's Absolutely. only increasingly competitive. Absolutely. So, the network that we have around Rome, the individual creators, the athletes, the artists, the filmmakers, that is, is a, a community. And I define community um, that as something that sits on a few pillars. The, the first would be the opportunity to create a living, professional development, right? And so our hope is that the community around Rome of creators um, and us being able to bring jobs to those individuals um, is an incentive to be part of our community. Like if you're part of it, you're going to hear about a job. We're going to offer you a job. And in, in those ways, a lot of those influencers, if you will, creators don't really like the word influencer, but right. it helps people understand what I'm talking about. We pre much prefer the word creator because most of the, in just a sidebar, most of the, if really all of the, the folks that we're working with um, are not, on social media uh, for the sake of being on social media. They're excellent right. at something. They are right. excellent. They're, they're, not, they're, not doing, they're not doing TikTok dances in bikinis 
and and thinking that that train's going to go for the rest of their life. They're really creating. I mean, there's, there's some really gorgeous content. And so it is on a different level, isn't it? So I would assume that from your perspective, as you, you were talking about the pillars, I don't mean to interrupt, That's but, okay. but that is a draw as well, is the promise of the exposure, the promise of the opportunities. I assume you help them with the platform to create the, uh, the training content, the classes and things like that, so that there's a level of quality across the Rome platform that, that's fairly consistent as well, yes? That's right, yeah, that's right. It, it is, uh, that, that's actually a second pillar, which is education, right? Professional education. If you're, if you're part of a community, you make money from it, you, you learn something from it, and you have social connection in one way or another. In, in other words, you, you're networking, right? You're finding other people who have similar values, similar goals, who are on the same path in one way or another, and you're able to gain in, in that social connection. And a lot of people think of community and they just think about that part. But when you really think about where you spend your time when it comes to community, typically that community delivers beyond just the fact, these are the people I like to hang out Typically right. that it also delivers education and in one way or another, it's going to be more engaging if it also helps you make a living. Right. Right. So, so but let me ask you this before you move on, just to clarify on that one. So are you finding that your greatest draw in terms of membership are people who either um, a appreciate the artistry and the talent or people who are aspirational people who want to glean from the, the biggest names in the industry and learn how to do what they do. I mean, you get, a, here's my analogy, muscle and fitness magazine. You know, it's not necessarily bodybuilders that are keeping that in business. It's the, the people who want to get in better shape and who better to learn from than the people who have taken it to such an extreme level. Who's your target? Who's your, your, your best member and the least amount of churn? Is it that aspirational person who wants to do what they're doing and wants to learn it? Um, the weekend warrior or just somebody who just appreciates the artistry? The former, right? The person who wants to go deeper. That's the person that's going to pay us $149 a year. That's the person who's going to come in and say, I want to learn more. I want to be deeper. I, I want to leg up, right? I want to improve my life in one way or another. And I've decided that for me, that being outdoors and learning more about surfing, rock climbing, skiing, hiking, camping, you know, that those are the things that um, that drive them in one way or another. And we're, we're offering that in terms of, I mean, that's what you go from share of mind right. to share of wallet. Right. Right. And in order to get uh, the customer, the audience member, the community member over the line from inspiration, which as I described is part of our business. It's the draw. Sure. It's the draw. It's the lead, right? It's the magnet that gets people to look and know who we are and appreciate who we are and the credibility and authenticity that we represent. Once we have them there, then we have a value prop, which is come, come with us, come deeper, come, come learn from not just people who know what they're talking about, but actually the icons that you've been watching in these videos, they're going to tell you how to do it in one way or another. We're talking to Christopher Gerard, CJ from Rome Media. Once again, you can look them up at romemedia.com while we're talking here and learn more about what they do. Um, talk to me about, about retention. Talk to me about churn. Uh, what, is your, what are your metrics? As you look at the revenue model, certainly the forever transaction, the membership economy, as Robbie Kelman-Baxter teaches it, um, it's, it's a brilliant model as long as you retain. 
So what are your metrics? I don't, I don't even know what your numbers are, but what are, you, what are you aiming for? And what do you think is key? You've been doing this for just a few years now. And so long-term, year over year, are you hoping to hold on to 80%? What do you think, you, what, what do you see in the future in terms of the growth of the value add to retain those members who maybe have gone through the courses that you have? Is it, is it the increasing number of courses, increasing number of, of experts? Tell me what your, your mindset is to uh, make this a, a sustainable model. Yeah, great question, David. And, and certainly one that we are still working at, like every membership platform out there and learning every day as to what our acquisition costs are, how that relates to churn, you know, uh, what it costs to, to bring in a customer and how long we, we have not had this part of the business up and running um, for, for long enough, even to truly know exactly what our lifetime value is. You know, we're, we're 13 months into launching Rome Academy and Rome Academy is that education aspect. So first we built the audience that we've been talking about. And then we, we're offering this membership to that audience. So to be transparent, um, we're still figuring it out. We have a thesis. We believe we, if we can retain, as you said, you know, 80% plus, if the churn is, can we can keep that below say 8%, that that's a very, very good long-term model, especially sure. in this type of business where people really do define themselves um, as being an outdoor person, right? right. That's um, your tribe. Yeah, yeah. And it is uh, growing, you know, uh, that's more and more people are discovering the, the value of being outside, right? Um, so long-term, we, we have a thesis on what we think that, that LTV is, um, but it takes a little while to realize that. You know, and so yeah. we're still figuring out what combination of our organic efforts plus performance marketing plus email marketing, you know, what is the cost of all those things that go into really dialing in what that CAC is and getting that CAC to LTV ratio right where we want it, right? Um, yeah. and, well, and we're you know, and most businesses, yeah, most businesses who are pursuing this are in those early phases of it. You know, you can equate it to, to COVID. They're like, how long is the, uh, the vaccine going to last? It hasn't been out long enough to know, right? We're, we're, we're still getting, gathering the data. But there's so many people in your, in your position. Um, uh, with one of the other podcasts that I did, we were talking about the membership model. And so many organizations aspire to it. And what they, what they realize very quickly is taking their traditional model and then just trying to sell it as a subscription model doesn't work. It's a different animal, right? Um, but when you have an, and I think one of the things that attracted me to, to wanting to talk to you um, is, is that the company is, is a very, it's not just a, a great niche, but it's a niche populated by very passionate individuals, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it, it is at the core of, of that group that we are hoping will come with us on this journey. Uh, is an identity that's based in the outdoors. Right. Um, they're they're now, enthusiasts for the outdoors. They're not just participants. And I think there, there's something unique in that 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 um, uh, foretells great success. At least that's the model, I would assume. And that is that's where we focus to build the core business. And then, of course, like any business, our hope is that 
we bring in people who are participants. We bring in people who have just been thinking about it, that they see how, how rewarding and fulfilling it looks through the content because the content we put out there, the storytelling we put out there, you know, as you said, there's a huge population of, of folks who are watching that and just who are just inspired. Like, wow, that's an amazing landscape. And look at how how uh, joyous those people who are participating look, right? Uh, man, maybe I'd like to try that. And then they become a participant and then they become an enthusiast. Um, and those are the people that we are eventually, we're trying to grow this. I mean, the outdoor market is is huge. I mean, it's a massive in aggregate market and there's massive global opportunity with it as well and that is really what our long-term vision is is to is to you know grow the pie yeah what did what did COVID teach you um, not just in terms of our ability to do what we do virtually but uh and i'm probably very very much a leading question just in terms of of what we have come to appreciate when we realized we had lost it which was getting out of the freaking house yeah you know, for, for us, it was interesting. COVID, um, w as with so many people, was extremely challenging. Um, it did force us immediately. And in fact, we launched this, that we had plans and the plans that were blueprinted. But when our advertising revenue sort of evaporated on March 11th, when the WHO declared the pandemic, it was almost sure. instantaneous like that, we pulled this this plan right off the shelf and said, let's get busy building it. So we actually launched the membership in the middle of COVID. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a thread there that in fact, it accelerated our, our plan to do just what we're talking about. Um, second, it, it immediately, since we were all inside, it, it immediately made us want to reach out to the community and give the community an opportunity to connect. And so we immediately, what I said to the staff is every day we create, every day we create and we share and we are trying to bring people together. So we did daily Instagram lives. We launched a podcast in the middle of it. Yep. Um, and all of that was very much driven by a lot of the people that, you know, the aforementioned sort of icons within outdoors, they were not traveling and they had some time. So they did courses for us and we launched the podcast, as I mentioned, and I, my, my friend and co-host, Corey Richards, who's a Nat Geo photographer and an Everett, you know, he's been on top of Everest three times and he's an alpinist, filmmaker, writer. I probably wouldn't have been able to secure him to help with the podcast, but we got together and launched Rome from Home was actually the name of it. Um, and it really forced us to find ways to create value for the community um, you know, from our desks and to try to build something that would bring people together. Uh, you know, so that was, it was a force factor. Um, and and do, do you we, think it, in some ways it accelerated what some of the future offerings might be? Just because if, if necessity is the mother of invention, we certainly had a need. But did you, did you learn that there were some really unique ways of creating engagement and content creation that maybe, because uh, we're seeing this across a lot of industries. Absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, uh, Scott Galloway wrote a book called Post COVID um, in the middle of COVID, which was interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, his his thesis, and, and I agree with this part, is that, you know, what COVID really did is it accelerated trends, right? So 
for us, um, you know, the legacy business of advertising was and still is something that we, you know, appreciate because it brings in revenue. Um, but it is, we believe and did when we launched the company that it is not the future of Rome, right? The future of Rome is this membership and it is going directly to the people in terms of being supported on a recurring revenue model that creates value um, based on our values. So what COVID did was in a way it accelerated to your point, um, those two trends, like less, less advertising revenue and the need to create a different revenue line that in source that is more about you know a membership model. Um, so certainly that was always the plan, um, but it probably was a little bit further out. You know, if COVID hadn't sure. have happened, we were you know eight months away from sort of starting the launch of it, and that went from you know we launched in uh, I guess. May, we did the soft launch. So, you know, within 60 days, we stood this thing up. Um, and we wouldn't have done that without COVID. Certainly, right. that was an accelerator. So talk to me, um, as we wrap up here in the next couple of minutes, um, talk to me about the future. As you build out this model, uh, are you are you looking at, at creating uh, additional opportunities for community meetups? Um, Absolutely. Aficionado yeah. groups of, of people within specific sectors and opportunities for them to get their feet under the same table, um, maybe destination meetings. Uh, I mean, I find all this fascinating, but I'm, you know, I'm going to go upstairs after this and take the doors off my Jeep and go head up in the Colorado mountains. So what's, what's next for Rome? Yeah, it is very much about improving the product. You know, that is in, in we are in such a fortunate position to work in this business that we love to, you know, have the opportunity to do a lot of things, right? We can do a lot of things. We can create content, we can create community events, we can create online education. And, you know, the, the result of that sometimes is that you really have to bear down and focus on what is the one thing that you're working on right now. And the one thing that we're really working on right now is providing value for the current members, getting feedback from them. We bring them together on uh, biweekly community calls, for instance, where we, we invite all the members to come on. We've seen some incredible things. I mean, those have been the most emotional moments of, for me in this business yeah. has been to hear, uh, you know, one of our members is in California, you know, say on a call, hey, I just want to let you know how much Rome means to me. This really has helped change the course of where I was going that, you know, without Rome, uh, you know, I was, I was trying to find sort of what I was passionate about by being together with these people. I realized there are other people like this who are really driven by this idea of adventure with purpose. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that's like one testimonial, right. And thousands, thousands of people, but that really it, it's like, wow, we are creating this for us, but it's, it's connecting with other people. And, you know, second thing is that then those people starting to connect and offline go on climbing trips together and, you know, have the joy Perfect. of other human connection. Yeah. And we really feel like the big vision and there's lots of I could go on for days about like what our actual roadmap and blueprint is on a business level. But on a very high level, you know, our our vision is to bring people together around this idea of venture with purpose, both online and offline. 
And by getting people together as a community around these ideas, what we feel like in getting them to go outside, that they get a deeper connection with nature, they get a deeper connection with their community, and ultimately that leads to a deeper connection with themselves. And that's a pretty universal idea. Like we all are looking for a deeper, you know, experience and more fulfillment. And my experience has been that the outdoors really is that, you know, that is, it, it is a, a catalyst for health in a, in a lot of different ways. Sure. So that's what we're, we're really in the future. That's, it's more of that, how to make the product embody what I just described so that that is the experience when people become a member that they just, they can't live without it. Absolutely. And as business owners, it's, it's, it's our, our, it's the most fulfilling thing. If you can help people connect their, their purpose and their passion with something that, that they can feed their family and really turn it into their career um, in a way that's sustainable. And there's some really unique models to make that happen. Talking to CJ Christopher Gerard from Rome Media. If people want to get in touch with you and learn more about Rome or learn more about the work that you do, how do they get in touch with you? Well, you can follow us on Instagram. We're just at Rome, R-O-A-M. You can go to our website, uh, romemedia.com, as you mentioned. My personal Instagram is cjrome, uh, same spelling. And those are all good ways to, to get in touch with us. I would love to hear from people who are passionate about the outdoors, who are also experts at membership, because we are still learning. So if you think that you you can contribute something in this way, whether it's SEO or it's, you know, community expertise, um, very open to bring those two things together, like passion for the outdoors and, you know, all of the stuff, David, that you do on this podcast around customer base and how to retain customers. I am a, a still a, a sponge in terms of learning about that, you know, as in my background is very much media. Yeah. So this, this stuff is but everything's changing. And, and listen, yeah. I think I speak for everybody that, that we're rooting for you because um, there, there's some good guys in this industry. Um, no gender specific reference intended there. Um, but um, this is a cool model. I, I encourage everybody to go check them out at romemedia.com. Hang on the line. Um, we'll connect as soon as we stop the recording here. Uh, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored in part by my membership initiative called The Morning Huddle. You know, some of the most innovative solutions to your biggest customer facing challenges are likely found within the creative minds of your own people, the people you hired. They're brilliant. It's time to put conversation back on the calendar. You can learn more about my powerful internal engagement initiative by visiting morninghuddlemembership.com. All of my books are available on Amazon, including my new book, and I got it right here for those watching the video, is called The Morning Huddle, which came from the, uh, the membership initiative that I have. The subtitle is Powerful Customer Experience Conversations to Wake You Up and Shake You Up and Win More Business. Be sure to click to like this podcast. Go check out CJ's podcast as well. They got a cool one as well. Subscribe to this. Leave your comments. Always really important. And uh, click the little bell icon. You can receive notifications of new episodes when those come out. Um, you can learn more about my keynote speaking, my consulting at David avrin.com a-v-r-i-n thanks for tuning in this is the customer experience advantage podcast you can check out past episodes leave a comment big thanks to my guest cj with rome uh i'm david avrin be good this has been the customer experience advantage podcast with david avrin feel free to leave a comment and be sure to hit the thumbs up button 
You can listen to past episodes and be notified of future ones by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. David's popular marketing and customer experience books are available in print, as well as Kindle and audiobook, and published in multiple languages around the world. You can stay connected and learn more at davidaverin.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.